Shut up and sit down. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with the not so aerodynamic Matley Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy. Watts, Bonk, Slam, Snap, Off, Tempo, Shammy, Carback, Endo, Cadence, Hammer, Fondo, Arrow, Threshold, Breakaway, Century, Peloton, and VO2 Max. On my bicycle, singing my song. On my bicycle, ride. Choose your arch enemy from the following list mountain biker, triathlete, clueless cyclist, motorist, pothole, or gluten. On my bicycle, ride. Everyone's to share the road with an environmentally conscious and active citizen like yourself. Hey, get a car. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dering. I'm here with Evan Price. Oh, man, I'm going first. I know, because you had a bunch of food in your mouth, so I'm I figured I'm going to pick on I'm you. I'm never prepared to go first yet. <laughs> You're never prepared, Well, period. we are all. <laughs> so we got Matt drinking unlabeled for sure vodka. He's yes. having a rough week. So. Oh, rough week. Better. Yeah. better. Yeah, it's like, like a seltzer water machine. Like cough syrup. Yeah, is what this is. What flavor Clear, is that? It's vodka flavored. Vodka, <laughs> vodka flavored. Don't you just not put flavoring in yours? Uh, yeah, no, no flavoring <laughs> in this. That's so. Do you, do you know how I know that you're the most boring person here? Is that you didn't put flavoring in your at-home seltzer bottle? Yes, I'm. That's many, many reasons that <laughs> I have. Number seven being, of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, today. So many yeah. reasons why I'm the most boring person that you know. Meanwhile, I'm drinking a super exciting new Ghost Energy drink flavor, Straw Bango Margarita. Straw Bango. Yeah, <laughs> this is because I'm cool and I. You I, are. I know the Kids. You're way cooler. I know the kids. The You're kids would understand this because he's a YouTuber. The guy ex- this is based on. Oh, really? Let me yeah. See. Let me see. Ghost Energy. He probably has, you know, uh, more subscribers than I have. I don't know. Your latest video actually gets more views than his usually do. So. You on that payroll yet? No, 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 no. no. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Unfortunately, I really need to be here soon. Come on, Ghost. I just don't think they're looking to to sponsor a triathlete. I don't think that's number one on their hey, list. It's got to be high up. <laughs> Should there. ask. I think, like, I think they sponsor Formula like One drivers. Yeah, yeah. It's video like, gamers I, I, I and it's like power lifters, like yeah. YouTubers, oh, video yeah. gamers, and one triathlete. It's interesting <laughs> that you know that much about Ghost sponsorship. We had a, our, our our old roommate used to watch that channel all the time. So I was like, cool, I'll watch his channel. And I was like, wow, these energy drinks are delicious. Yeah. yeah. I bet you those channels are harsh and like hard to watch. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I get very bored watching them, but yeah. still, yeah. Huh. All right. Lance is, Jay, well, Lance Jake is, is texting us Lance right now. Lance is texting us what he's Spe- drinking. <laughs> Speaking of introducing probably, the cast. He's probably drinking some like creek water in the middle of nowhere, yeah. Utah. But It's probably caffeinated. <laughs> we'll get to Lance in just a moment. 500 milligrams. Just a moment here. Tim Price is right. Matt Legrand. What's up, yes. ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking all right. You're looking all right. That's Doing good. Okay. Talk to him. You met with my brother. I did. Some point. Brother. Oh, uh, we're calling him in. Let's try this. Let's see how this goes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he won't answer. answer. He's not going to answer. Hello. Yes. Hey, Lance. Lance Hepler. This is uh, Jake from the Dow Podcast. You are live on the air. How are you doing, my friend? I- 
I am doing fantastic. I'm at the end of, uh, well, I guess I'm at the end of the loop of the Thunder Mountain Trail in uh, near Bryce National Park on my mountain bike. Thunder, I just did the thunder. fun thing. Thunder Mountain. Isn't Thunder I Mountain did, the water park in Disneyland? No. Hey, hey, hey. It's, 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 a, it's a roller coaster. In oh, Disneyland. thank you. Roller yeah, there coaster. we go. I was close. Are you allowed to say this on the interwebs? Lance, you're a f- ice cream sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you are not allowed to say. Oh, I mean, yeah, we, I, sorry, I'm to edit that out. I can't wait for what like <laughs> like like beep Jake is going to use for that or what like something editing. like a bike bell. Like, bing, bing, Lance, bing, you're bing. a ding ding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you suck, dude! You were sending us pictures and video, uh, nice. and we're just sitting here going, "What a jackhole, <laughs> Lance!" I, Lance, I was not that far away from you. Are you so? How far from Park? Well, you're you're oh, away yeah. from Park City now, right? Yeah, we're now like we're like five hours away from Park City now. Five have, hours further south. Have you done the so, mountain biking around Park City? I have. There's there's like eighty miles of like glorious trail oh, around Park City. It is yeah. amazing. Park City is heaven. That that place is amazing. Why were you there? I have no idea. Like, wh- I was I was there for a for a running conference uh, for for oh. a physical therapy running conference. That's cool. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, and oh, also me and, me and Jake Stout, who's um works with me um we both did some awesome runs there too oh, but nice. my god eight thousand feet feels yeah, terrible feel that. <laughs> did you do a hard workout at eight thousand? I, mean, I, I think any more it was everything we did felt hard what so. i find interesting is like a track workout where you're like okay 12 times 400 like terrible. this is a workout oh, that i've done this is a workout i've done a thousand yeah. times and you go to altitude and slower yeah. it is <laughs> it's exactly what it is how does that me. compare to your little training camp that you did down in ben sun river when you were telling us about oh, yeah, your altitude training down there. there it it felt so the only problem was is in bend i tried to go really hard yeah i was smarter in park city and knew like uh, you just can't go hard i mean yeah. you just can't but you know what's funny is Telluride felt easier. I don't know why Park City felt way harder. I think it was because Lance was only an hour away oh, from me. That so could do it. That could cause a lot of problems. The pressure from Lance. <laughs> right on. I guess I can say, uh, well, we kind of already introduced him. Lance Hepler, how are you doing, bud? Lance friggin' Hepler. Lance friggin' Hepler here. Yeah, I'll see you guys into this. You guys just started. Oh, we just started. We were just doing oh, intros okay. and we got your text. So, uh, yeah. Oh. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> well timed. All right, how about some backpedaling? Backpedaling, gents. Mm-hmm. Evan, you went first today for the intro. Go first day for your backpedal. Yeah, uh, just going off that part. So this last weekend, I was in Park City, Utah, um, having a great time. I was there with a guy named Jake Stout, who is a big time runner and also PT with me at Evolution Healthcare, um, and we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. You know, I love going to. Um, uh, now that we're past the pan, you know, the pandemic, we're shutting down a lot of these yeah. continuing ed courses. A lot of these in-person continuing ed courses are coming back. So it was great that this one came back. Um, it's a big, the the big names in research around running and endurance sports come to the, uh, running specifically come to this. And uh, it was it was great. The Wisconsin University researchers were there. The Tuft University researchers were there. What kind of stuff are they talking about? Like what what yeah. was interesting? What interesting topics? A lot of really interesting topics. So my, my favorite topic was done by a Stanford MD uh, who runs the, I, I need to get her name. I can't believe I forgot her name because she was my favorite presenter there. Uh, but she was presenting a lot of her research around red S, which is relative energy deficiency syndrome. Okay. Um, it's kind of our, our rebrand, not, 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 not rebranding as the research has progressed. We found better ways to define things like the female triad and the male triad. Yeah, okay. Um, 
And there's a lot of new research going into this. This is all very unknown, a lot of it. And it's, you know, we're just kind of stepping through the dark. Um, you know, like Stacey Sims research goes into this realm too, when we're talking uh, the book Roar and her, um, I forget what her other book name is, but these are the researchers that are kind of driving that forward mm -hmm. and looking specifically at female runners and female endurance athletes. Interesting. So it was very interesting. Um, definitely an endocrine system review for me because the endocrine system is very complex. Yeah. Which is just, I, I love, honestly, I love, I I love diving theory. back in. I have a that theory stuff. that like no one really, no one really gets it. <laughs> yeah. Like no one like. The, the, it was like when I was sitting in chemistry, like, like biochemistry back in the day. are like, yeah, oh, we don't know. Whenever, whenever I was sitting back in biochemistry, we always just sit there. We're like, how do we know this stuff? I was like, are we just guessing at this point? Like yeah. how, how can we guess and check this? But, <laughs> but, um, very, very good exercise and looking through a lot of the most recent research, which I do try to keep up with as much as possible. And, you know, there, there, there was a lot of good debate at the conference too. There um, was a woman named uh, Irene Davis who proposed that, you know, everybody should be a four foot striker. And there was the head researcher from Wisconsin university that said that that's a bunch of hogwash. And it was great to watch the debate back and forth. Uh, I lean more on the side that that's hogwash and that everybody's body moves a little bit differently. Mm. But, um, it was, it was a great conference. And then I got to run a bunch while I was there. And in my head, I thought, this is the only story I'll tell from this because it was me and, you know, Jake was like, okay, we know we're at altitude. We can't do specifically what was on his training schedule. Mm -hmm. He's preparing for a big marathon coming up. Um, and he was like, okay, let's do a long, like two hour run on Saturday. So Saturday I wake up, there was a morning crew run. So I go out on the morning crew run like four or five miles and then in the afternoon, when me and Jake are done with class, we're like, all right, let's go to an awesome trail run out here in Park City, Jeremy Ranch. Anybody in Park City, go run on the Jeremy Ranch Road. Or you can bike out there. You can gravel bike on Jeremy Ranch Road, too. And it was the most ridiculously beautiful, just rolling dirt road for like 10 miles one direction. Actually, I think it's like 12 miles one direction. So we just run out, turn around, come back. We're tired. I mean, it's a hard road. So like when we get back, I'm like, man, I, I feel a little bit light. I don't feel so good. So we get the Uber going back to the hotel and this poor guy in the Ubers, like pick up two dusty random runners off the side of the road. Basically. Right. I like almost am kind of passing out in this Uber. We get to the hotel and I'm like, I really do not feel good right now. And anybody who has experienced altitude sickness, right, so I was about to say, yeah, let me give you some symptoms here. <laughs> if you start feeling confused, lightheaded, and like you got to puke, you need to make yeah. sure you lay down, get, get yourself hydrated, and start slowly taking in some food. And it's kind of scary because it's like oh. you're not going down in altitude. Yeah. It's not like you can get that oxygen no, and back. That, and, and, and that's what I was telling Jake. I was like, I feel like I just need to like lay down. Right, like standing is really hard. All of a sudden, and it happens like that. It was crazy how you just go from feeling have great a headache to or anything. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, like oh. headache, lightheaded, boom, puked three times, and I was like, Did oh, you really? Yeah. Oh man, I blamed it on the Gatorade cucumber. Flavor. Yeah, Anybody be. who's had Gatorade cucumber, cucumber flavor. Bad choice. It was. It was. I was like, this had nothing to do with altitude. It was Thunder the, Mountain flavor. It was the fact that Thunder Mountain flavor Mountain Dew is terrible. But um yeah, Evan, I was, Evan, I'm, yeah. I'm currently at like eighty five hundred feet. Do you have a headache, Lance? Oh. I do not. I'm only pushing I'm pushing two hundred and fifty watts at hundred and thirty heart rate. So I'm trying so, to take it easy. Oh my God, you're like fully acclimated, Lance. If I was pushing two fifty at that altitude, I'd be dead right now. That's yeah. well, I've been here for a week, and, and also I don't believe in altitude. I just, I just uh, <laughs> ignore it. You think you think altitude's a myth? It. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, you should have you should have presented at the conference with like, oh, what what is Lance have to share? Altitude's a myth. <laughs> uh, 
I'm an accomplished <laughs> anyway, triathlete. Hot take. And yeah. I'm an accomplished triathlete, and, and altitude is a myth. And I rode my mountain bike here. <laughs> Altitude's a myth. And, and the earth is flat, and you guys don't <laughs> exactly. know what you're talking about. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I'm glad you got to do that conference. That sounds cool. Yeah. And then last news, I wasn't sure if I was actually going to share this on the podcast or not, but I will because it's kind of... I feel like nobody really cares, but I like to bring you all on my journey as a pro triathlete that nobody should be following that intently. But anyway, uh, I have decided after this last season that I am going to bring on a coach for myself that is not me for the first time in my life, which will be fun. I'm conflicted about this because part of me thinks like, this is a great idea. Yeah. And then part of me thinks... Evan's not going to follow whatever I was very says. conflicted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I could not agree with you more. <laughs> but will it be you... more debating or more training? <laughs> <laughs> will there be more think... secret training going on where I don't share with the coach what I'm doing? Secret yeah, training. I, I, I have, I'm in a point in my life where I really enjoy coaching other people. And I like to be able to put my energy into that without worrying about what I'm doing at the same time. It might wow, be interesting. Lance. It might be interesting oh, no, too, like if you and Josh are doing, cause then there's less yes. pressure for you to be like secret training or whatever, yeah. you know, Oh, Josh is doing something cool. I want to do that too. And I then, think, and I think that that's good. And, and I know that, that at, on the same program. at this level, you do actually need to be, th- there's a reason the best pros in the world usually train with a small group yeah. or with some other guys is just, you, you have to. I mean, like 25 to 30 hours of training, we this can get lot of very time. lonely. It yeah. can really wear on well, you mentally. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I have this. Hello, you have reached the voicemail box of Lance's cell phone. <laughs> Does he have, really have crickets on his voicemail? Oh, oops. I must have so put your cricket button. Just leave a message. That, that actually works well with that. Good luck. His voicemail's hilarious. At the tone, please it record is. your message. <laughs> I'll make a decision about whether I'm going to call you back or not. I've left him a voicemail before. Oh, Lance, I hope you make a decision to call us back. Last time I left you a voice message, Lance, you, you never got back to you me. Made so could you made a decision on your voice. Back on that one your too? voicemail says, we're going to make a decision on whether or not to call you back. And I feel personally attacked. I bet that the day he retired, he made that. I am a Maybe. very competitive person. <laughs> And oh, he's I getting made fun of a lot. He's not even here. Yes. I think it's better he's not on the phone. We just get to pretend like he's one here. Of them is That's true. It's easy. Exactly. It's pretty easy. That way we don't have to listen to him either. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it. We can easily mute him. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let him go. He can call I, us back if he uh, gets that sort of I out. think the coach's news is big. Yeah. He, uh, you know, and, and I'll share who his, uh, his name is Elliot Bissett. Um, the primary reason I like him, he's really not on social media at all. Yeah. And he still has a Hotmail email. Oh, no. So I like it. Like one step above AOL. I know. Yeah. I like this guy because he is not committed to being in that. He's, well, the he's, internet he's a very is niche coming coach at any apparently, minute. <laughs> he's a very niche coach, apparently, that you kind of need to like know people to find, yeah. which I, I really like actually about him. So, but yeah, um, you know, he uh, coaches a few pros that I race, which is great. Um, and he was uh, ben, ben Hoffman's uh, original coach before Ben moved on, I think, to Bolton Group. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Ben's doing now, but. He's racing. Yeah. He's racing at Kona. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, he was, you know, Ben Hoffman's coach when Ben was coming through North America as one of the better guys after in the field. college. Yep. His post, Actually, through post, college, he oh, was through he college. Was Ben's coach. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. So good guy. I like him a lot. We got along. And, you know, he seems like a pretty no nonsense guy, which I like. I don't need yeah. a lot of emotion in the coach. The less emotion, the better. So do you cool. think yeah. that he's going to like tend towards the Norwegian style of training? He he seems very flexible with his approach. I think he very much, which I like the most, is as we were talking about, he comes from a physiology background. And I like that he wasn't somebody that's going to prescribe to a certain type of coaching. He was saying, I, I wait for what, you know, we discuss and what the athlete responds best to is all I care about. 
which okay. I like because I don't like trying to shove a circle into a square peg. It's like if you know somebody responds to a certain type of training very well, that's the direction he seems to want to keep you. So, okay. yeah, I like I like that idea because that's always what's scary with bringing a coach on is they're going to look at how I'm training like, well, you know, yeah. I don't know. I think we need to rewrite the entire wheel. Here, well, so. but you do yeah. want to you. I mean, you're, there you're need not going to be changes. There need to be changes yeah. because otherwise, why do anything? But exactly. at the same time, like, I agree with you. I think it's yeah. like he's a very to, good swim coach and I need to let go of the reins on my own swim training. Sure. Clearly, I'm not doing it right. Well, so. I just think it's always going to be hard. It is. But I, I also think like, you know, there's this work life balance piece that you've got working for you right now. And so yeah. if you can kind of stick with that schedule. Yeah, I think that's going to be valuable. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. Yep. Mallet ground. Backpedal. Mine's quick. I have been mountain biking with a cross-country team this past week, and I, not any real biking. And I went for one run. That's all that. And I went for, and it was like walk-jog because that's where I'm at in my life. And a couple of swims. Nice. Just Just came from the pool to nice. the podcast. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Are you guys going to win a state championship? No, we are not. Okay. <laughs> so I should take that money out of Vegas then, right? Yes. Okay. The Camus no. Cross Country money. That was a bad money. idea. I put it was. Uh, <laughs> we put all in. We're was, all in on Camus Cross. short on that. <laughs> yeah, we got insider information right now. When my daughter was in middle school, she was running cross country. And I yeah. think that's kind of what, you know, that killed her cross country career. But she was never built as a cross country runner anyway. But there was a girl that was on her team that was wicked fast. And she's going to be probably a junior right now. Okay. I believe her name is Parker. Is she still in Camus? Is she running with you guys right now? Little blonde? I don't think so. No? Oh, she She might have moved on to other sports, though. You never know. She was wicked fast, and there's a lot of people talking about her being like the The next next best thing. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. It happens. As Matt knows, there's nothing better than a young runner coming through with people around them labeling them as the next best thing. (laughs) That always goes well. (laughs) Always goes well. She was a nice girl, and her parents seemed like they weren't pushing her too hard, and she liked to run, and she was just crazy fast. Like, we would go to all the track meets, and she would beat everybody by minutes. minutes. I think I know who you're talking about, actually. Uh, For sure she was a little whisper runner. If she went to a different school or moved her, yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Moved to Israel. Cool. Oh, yeah. Israel started. That's where the fast people go. (laughs) (laughs) Training with. Chris Froome. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> uh, for me, I uh, I did my first back-to-back days of riding. Nice. First time in like almost three weeks. So How has the hip been feeling? It's still kind of crappy, yeah. but it's less crappy than it was before. So instead of being like three big turds, it's like down to like maybe like one big turd right now. But okay. One and a quarter turd. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I'm taking steps to make that feel better. And nice. Actually, I thought I saw you out on the road yesterday. It wasn't you because, and I know this for a fact, but I was coming back home, and I could see all the way up. I think it's 34th, if I'm not mistaken. Some really good-looking guy. <laughs> he just looked like he had your stature. He was wearing yeah. an orange kit, and I could see it from a very far distance. I'm like, I wonder if that's somebody on the team, and I bet you that could be Matt, because Matt does this. Yeah. There's a, an intersection that we're coming back on. It's just before you get to Gold's Gym, yep. and mm-hmm. Parker, about. and you turn oh, left, yeah. and you, you start riding on the bike path. I'm like, that that's needs to be a four-way stop. That's got to be Matt. That's yeah, got to be Matt. Totally so I'm booking up to try and catch up to him, and then comes back onto the road after the, the bike path ends. I'm like, oh, it's David Goodman. <laughs> so oh, yeah. You guys yeah. have the same riding characteristics. So he Very actually has like a yeah. interesting like the way his he has a heel feet. whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really yeah. significant wheel heel whip. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could tell who it was once I got definitely got closer. But um, should that light be a four way stop? You guys live close to that. Should it be a four way stop or yeah. just stoplight? Uh, stop, stop, stop signs like like four four way stop instead of the light. I would I would like to see him put a traffic circle in there. Yeah, yeah, that's no. a better idea. I, that's a much better idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Traffic circles seem to work really well. I always thought that. I've said that light before, and I'm like, I'm just gonna blow this. This is ridiculous. Like, Every time no you come here. up to that on a bike, you hit it red. 
Like yeah, almost every, every single, single freaking time. I've, I don't so. think I've ever actually hit that green. <laughs> traffic circle would be nicer. Do you guys call yeah. it a traffic circle or a roundabout? Roundabout. Roundabout? How about you? Yeah. Oh, whatever. Roundabout. Yeah. yeah. Call them both. Soda or pop. Google calls it a... In Alabama, you call it Coke. Which is dumb. That's that's wrong. Everything's because called a Coke? Alabama. Because, <laughs> because okay. not everything is Coke. So. <laughs> exactly. You could literally, like if, you're, if, if I was waiting on you, yeah. what kind of Coke would you like? can literally say that Pepsi. in Alabama, yeah. and you could say Pepsi or Mountain yeah. Dew or something like that. I could, I could, Seriously? That's a legit question. What, kind of, co- like, what kind of Coke do you want? Oh, wow. That, that would crazy? be like calling all fruit a banana. Just yeah. Being like, what kind hey, of banana do you want? You're like, like a an apple? So, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Tend to like crazy. a Q-tip or a Kleenex or something yeah, like that. I exactly. mean, there's all different yeah, brands. That's a company. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's how I grew up. Wow. This explains so much. Yep. That's Coke country down there. I so many good stories about you. Oh, man. Few of them actually will not say on air, but yes, okay. that's I don't, yeah. I'm, so yeah. many good stories. There's, anyway, back up to almost about five hours, and we'll see how that moves forward this week. So yeah, you know, looking forward to that. But nothing special to talk about. So one turn at a time. One turn at there a time. Go. Let's you, move forward. Okay. Unless you had a question. What oh, I was going to ask you if you're doing indoor indoor stuff too. I did one indoor ride this past week. Um, it was just a 45 minute. Let's see how the the hips doing. And um, yeah, when's the getting okay. to be about when's that time? Team swifting start. I was when we start that up. Usually we start the second week in October. But um, if you guys saw my nice ride title on Strava yesterday, yeah. October is the new August. So uh, this is true. Yeah, it's just there's no we no rain in sight, and it's yeah. going to be like 80s and upper 70s for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we so should just roll with this for yeah. a oh, while. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Too nice. I don't start the indoor rides until the weather gets crappy, and and usually it's about the second week, sometimes the third week in October. And this time, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? That's but what I'm hoping we keep on somewhat soon. Yeah, so nice. you know what's crazy? Like just to put things into perspective, we've got and you, you think of this ride and it's always wet and cold. The uh, Michael Myers um, ride, his mm-hmm. memorial. It's always been do. wet and freezing. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. a month away. Dang! Oh my god! A month away. That's, that's four nice weeks day, away. That's great. Yeah, oh god, the weather so can change. Nice weather can change. Yeah. This is about when it happens, when it hits. Yep. So we'll just have to see. But okay. right now I'm living it up. Yep. I'm enjoying it. There's other people that are like, it's too hot. It's too hot. I'm oh, like, shut up. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is fine. <laughs> and we got the ugly Christmas sweater right coming up in like seven or eight weeks. I mean, that's just right nice. around the corner. So that's fun. Yeah. That's a fun one. That one will be cold. Cool. It, it'll be chilly by then. Yeah. But we need it to be cold because we're we'll be wearing sweaters. I know, right? I'm not wearing a sweater if it's 85 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna wear off. some sort of like mankini. Cut off. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> go speedo then. Speedo and a Christmas speedo. Yeah, with a sweater. Hey, do we have any cycling news? Champ Bailey's on vacation, and I, who knows where Lance is at? Do you guys I have mean, anything you guys want to like talk about? Transfer window news. I know uh, what Vingago did good at a race, and then. Yeah. got blown up by Enrique Moss or whatever. I mean, right. but like who cares who's fit right now as GC riders? Like if you're fit now, I'm almost more worried about your long-term picture. Like you should not be fit right now. Here's a question for you. Where's Nero Quintana going to end up? That's good. Does he have any suspension I or think he's like in that? trouble. He got released from his team. He okay, was released yeah. from his contract. So he's yeah. not with um, Arkea anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I Who don't think he's him? a GC guy. Israel anymore. startup. Israel startup will drop for him and pick up narrow. They're like, that would actually be a smart move. We're on this kick of picking up GC guys that are well past their prime. <laughs> Still, I bet you, I bet you whoever picks up, I mean, like you got, here's a guy who could podium at a tour or podium at a grand tour who you can probably get for dirt cheap. Yeah. Because yeah. no one wants to touch him. Exactly. And he's good. I mean, he's a good athlete. By low. What By low. So like, yep. UAE as like a domestic, a super domestic. Yeah, in the house. that, that be, sounds about right. That'd be interesting. I don't think he has the personality where he would want to domestic for anybody. I have I don't, feeling you're I right. I don't think that's him. And this is just from the movie star documentary that I watched, you know, pretty, uh, uh, the 
the least expected day. I think is what that's called on Netflix. Okay. Uh, they went over the movie star team from like 2018 or 19, I think. Yeah. Did a really good documentary on, if you remember how many GC contenders were on that team. Oh, yeah. And just, there's a lot of drama around with that team. Nero is, I really liked Nero. I mean, he's Naro, sorry. But he, I mean, like, but, you know, I mean, he's he's a hard-nosed guy. Really, really hard-nosed guy. I'm not sure if he's just going to say, hey, I'm not a GC guy Still anymore. Still has too high of an opinion of himself? I think so, but not in like a, not in a bad cocky way. He's just a, he's a very driven individual. I mean, grew up very poor, grew up. You oh, know, yeah. He has, he has had to no, struggle for everything that that dude's Kudos had. to him for yeah. getting to the station that he's yeah. gotten to. But. I just couldn't imagine him being like, yeah, sure, I'll just go grab a paycheck and like be a dumbest. Like he, he believes he's the greatest cyclist of all time, and he is pursuing that. So I don't think he's just going to be like, yeah, I'll grab a paycheck and just uh, ride on the, you know, ride on the front for a while. We'll see. We'll see. UAE's got the money to throw at him though. That could be interesting. Any other racing news out there? Um, we got Kona coming up Kona's, right around Kona's the corner. The big one. Um, in the transfer window, there's Remco Evanpool drama. When is there not Remco Evanpool drama? Every week there's Every new week. drama. Why are you, why is not everybody annoyed with this guy? He's annoying yeah. to me. Hey, Lance. Can you hear me? Hey, <laughs> hey Lance, did you take uh, Champ Bailey with you down there? Lance hasn't no, been in internet connection. <laughs> I, I have not. You dropped him on Thunder Can't Mountain? I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost him. <laughs> and now my heart rate's at 160 because I've been trying to climb to this canyon to get service again. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, um... Were you guys done talking about the Kona stuff? You guys have more Kona things to talk about? They're racing on Thursday. Oh, I mean, I could talk about Kona from now till the end of this podcast. Yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. But we did that last podcast, so I know. But has there been true. anything that, that has transpired since we last talked about this? There's no cycling to talk about. Uh, anybody drop out? Anybody new? No, no one dropped out that I've heard of. No, nobody knocking on wood right now. Nobody has dropped out. Um, there's been. If anybody wants to really just watch fun like Kona week videos, yeah. uh, Lionel San- on Lionel's channel, Talbot Cox is putting out all of his pre-race stuff right now he's going through it they're all you know on edge taper week edge right now so we will see Colin Chartier looks very fit uh Joe Skipper looks insanely fit if he can handle the heat and outside of that Lionel's looking he's looking strong he had one bad day but he's looking strong so outside that really the the, the women have been much more quiet than the men the women's race, I am pumped to see on Thursday because the women's race. I mean, I'm. I don't know. It's. I still think that the I'm, win is out of is going to be boring, but everything else is going to be pretty exciting. Like the battle for the podium should be pretty. Yeah, exciting. it should be. I, I don't know which one I'm more excited about: the women's race or the men's race. It's they're they're both going to be so good. The only reason I'm more excited oh. for the men's race is because the more vibrant personalities are there. But I respect the women's field more because they're all just like quiet workers. Like Lance, this is what I get for asking him that question. <laughs> Well, what are you guys going to talk okay. about? So, Bring some to the table. On my, on my, uh, yeah, on my, in the middle of nowhere on the phone right now, pushing two fifty at eight thousand yeah, feet. Quit pushing so many watts, Lance. Uh, on my, on my channel, there was this. I saw your your your, your picks. Yeah, yeah, and I had this like, I don't know if I I would call it kind of like a nasty comment about like because oh, I was somebody trash talk you. Yeah, so you're doing it right. There you go. No, I I. Mostly because it was like I talked about like, oh, you know, like this is the first time that they've had equal women's and men's uh, qualifying spots or. Yeah. And, and someone was like, that's progressive bleep, bleep, bleep. And oh, I mean, oh, just kind of. And then Calm he was down, like, buddy. yeah, he was like, uh, he said something along the lines of like, it was very odd. It was like he said something like women would prefer to be at shopping centers 
and watching soap operas to doing triathlon. What? And, he was, and I was just like, I don't know what I can do with You're that. You're starting to respond to it. Just, that's <laughs> just, not even. Well, yeah. I, do, I, I do always have the option of banning people from the channel. Just be is, like, you're gone. There you know? is constructive. Me, me and Cassie have had this talk. Yeah, I yeah. actually, I did not think that the women's field should have had that many slots this year. There's yeah. a reason that, that, that I'm saying that. Now, Cassie called me out and she said, <laughs> for the women's field to get to the point where there are 50 competitive. Right. Women, they need to start now. See, which I'm I on Cassie. Get. I'm, I'm yeah. with Cassie on this. But my, my only point was, I think it needed to be slower increases so that there was, you you needed to test to see what the field's going to look like. Look at first place to last place in the women's field this year. It's oh, going to be. It'll be crazy. I'm telling you, there are 10 women in that field that have right. no business at but a world championship. How cool is it for that woman to say, I got to race in this field with all yeah. these women and go back and plant those seeds to other women that's, and you don't know who that's, that's going to affect cool down the road. That's, that's the, the one cool And part, actually, this guy had the same point in this in the yeah. comment section. He was yeah. like, you're leaving off a guy that can go 8.30 for a girl that's going 10.30. Yeah. And I yeah. I said, the you know what? that is, it does plant the seed for future, which I completely which, agree which with. Which I agree with. I think it needed to move slower, though, because I'm telling you, there are 10 women in that field. I was like, I results that, I mean, I really, they do not have business in that field. But the, that, here's the thing. You're not taking away spots from guys no no you're not well because you they're on a different yeah. day it doesn't and the, matter and the they're men's not field's not gonna spots. and and the men's field's not gonna, they're not gonna it's not gonna grow any from there it's it's a full race anyway they don't need to grow they're the good men's field. they're they've, but, they're gonna stick with the but guys i'm saying that there, there are that, a couple of women there that it'd be equivalent of me right. jumping into that men's there's race. gonna be some girl that runs like yeah. oh, that goes over 11 hours or something oh for sure there's gonna be maybe somebody close to 12 yeah, yeah. and i mean <laughs> we're talking Danielle Reeve you, what's that he's just trolling you man Okay. He, he could be trolling me. He could be. And Probably he's, he's, he's trolling. He is crushing the troll. Yeah. Like Evan he is Price. nailing it. You, he's doing a good job. You should call him out and say that he can just go ahead and try to bike with Daniela Reef then. Yeah. That, that, that's fine. You know, yeah. If he, if he really has that strong of an opinion on and think women need to be back in the kitchen, he's like, oh. Oh, okay, you could go and try and hold on Daniela's Reef. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, she'll have one of the best bikes of the day, guys included. Not yeah. overall bike, but like. She'll have a top 100 bike, I bet, which is flying. She'll have like, a. Yeah. She will actually. Like, she her second half. Her second half of her bike will be top. Yeah, she's twenty five or something. She's so fr- well. The second half of the bike is when she's strong. That's where she'll the first half. She's good. She'll she's really she'll crush some of the guys because the guys will go out and do yeah. the thing that they do, which is go go too hard after the swim. Yes, and then Daniela will not do that. She will. The she pro will crush women's the field races much smarter and counter than the men's field. I, I I had this talk with somebody where we were talking about like how the women's pro field, the, the group of women that are there right now, how they handle yeah. the heat. They race much smarter than the men's field. I think that you're right, and it's also a little bit more spread out, whereas the guys' race is going to be more tactical. Yeah, and guys do stuff that they shouldn't yep. yeah yep it's gonna be fun to watch women are smarter than men that's just a fact of bold, life I think. Bold. <laughs> that's a bold take. Bold take. <laughs> if you had to go out there and race this coming weekend oh god with your half shape that you have right now yeah. a would you finish and b what would your time be I'm not even oh, sure if I finish. finish I mean would I I don't know man because well, I would if you pace yourself you would yeah if yeah. I pace myself I'd finish um let's say if I mean honestly I think whatever Josh would finish I think Josh might beat me I think Josh is better heat acclimated right now Maybe he probably, I would bike very strong. I know I know trained up to that strong. distance. Too, you yeah. you typically don't get beat by Josh. Yeah, in the oh, half stuff. Right? Josh has listened to this man. Don't don't tell him that out loud. Well, it's just a fact. He's got you, the dog in him, man. He's gonna kill me next year if you say that too loud. Well, <laughs> you've never raced him in a full. So I've there's never, that. Well, we did one on one race in a full, and I ended up walking and pulled out. But in yeah, an actual race, no. Um, God, where would I finish? Probably between eight fifty five and nine ten. Really? I finished somewhere around there. You think so, huh? Yeah, I think I finished right around nine. Okay. I, I'm not going to say I'd be well into the eights by any means. I do not think I'd be like 840. No way. Uh, I, think the, I think the course has the potential to be decently fast. I think yeah. it's going to be, I think it, we're going to have some it, fast times this year. It depends on wind conditions. Yeah. yeah, that's true. 
My my main problem would be I I would be so far behind any swim pack. I mean, Cam Worf would be dropping me. Mm. It'd be bad. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> All right. You guys want to jump into the topic for this week? Yes. What you got? What you got for us? What do I got? Well, I, I, I'm this just going to read the words. <laughs> <laughs> um, how should I structure my off-season training? Lance? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what off-season means. I know. I he doesn't. Yeah. the term. Well, the, the, luckily that's going to be Lance, like the theme of this whole podcast. We don't understand when you can season. jump when you can jump into said adventure van and go to anywhere where the sun shines. You don't need an off season. There's no it's reason right. for an off season when you can What's jump into point? an adventure van. There's no point in an off season. No, just ride your bike every day. Exactly, exactly. Well, so I think that if we were talking a couple different sports here, if we're talking cycling. Cycling right now is pretty Lance, how far are we into the cross season at the moment? Halfway? We're half halfway through it. Halfway into the cross season? Gotcha. Yeah. So really the, the, the cross season is done by what, like the end of November ish, beginning of December? There's races, but Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's usually done by that point. I think I think the cross crusade goes through November twentieth or something like that. Yeah. And then nationals are like in December. Gotcha. If you're doing that. Gotcha. I do. I do remember that because it's always very cold there. So really when you're looking at the cycling season and an off season in cycling is probably your just after the holidays. So we're talking January, February, and then yep. by the end of March is when road season's picking up depending on where you're living. So it's like a ballpark three month time period for cyclists. In triathlon, I think it's a little bit, unless unless you're like me and you're going to travel towards the equator to race a little bit, it's a little bit longer off season. So yeah. we're talking like probably, actually from now, I mean, really, it's, it's like really, after Kona is when most yeah. people start. So we'll say, sure. we'll say all of October, November, December, January, February, and then part of March, actually, yeah. I think is like, is like what you would be saying. Would I be, think that know, that's a fair assessment for triathlete yeah. to be like Kona to, you know, what do you say? Like. O- Oceanside would be kind of like the start of your typical, even just like person who does Ironman season. You're talking Kona to Oceanside is is the is the gap for North America. We're sure. talking North America. I feel if like you live fair. in Brazil, my God, you can race through the winter if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure. There's races all over. I mean, I- Ironman has a race almost every single every single weekend. I think, don't they? Mm, yeah, I mean, if you look at the their like worldwide calendar, it's everywhere. I think it's I think it's almost you every got, weekend. You got options. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a, it's quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I think that's so, so we're talking a shorter off season for cyclists, two and a half, three months and uh, upwards of five months for triathletes, depending on who you are Yeah, running mm, Matt. Well, it depends on if you race indoor track, but let's, well, let's say you're a marathoner. Let's say, yeah, I know that's the easier, that's the easier yeah. take, right? Like marathoners, I think because so marathoners may be doing two marathons, two competitive marathons that's per true. year. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's they race even less than a track. It's kind of different than having like an off season, but then the you know for like collegiate runners or whatever they have yeah. like a real you know they're, season where it's they're, cross they're country, indoor, during the outdoor, summer, and the off season during yeah. the summer, which yeah. is super weird. So so it's a little different weather wise. Yeah. yeah. So so my kombucha lease was up. Yeah. So I had to step out for just a second. Kombucha. In <laughs> <laughs> the process of doing so, I, I ran into somebody, and he's going to join us today. And you're like, "Hello, I know. Mr. Dedlick. How's it going?" Edward, uh, I'm still sore. <laughs> I, well, we I were talking about in, this. I want to suddenly bring in the marathon point there because somebody said this table just as of less than 24 hours ago so, did, right. did well, a marathon. Not for nothing, but you coach him 
And yeah. this guy, I don't know if he knows what an offseason is. Maybe or maybe not. I, I haven't quite <laughs> I figured so. that out yet. But I don't I think so. he, he's, he's here. I'm like, you want to come join us? You've got something out of this. Also, so. I, I have had the offseason talk with now, I think, like 10 of the people I coach just in the last like two days. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost like a broken record on the fact that I, I, I sound like the like that really bad football coach back in the day whenever I say this, I'm like, I don't believe in off seasons, but not in the bad way where I'm like, no man, just grind all year round. I see what you're doing. I've got you pegged now. Yeah. You're like, Jake, can we do a podcast on off season stuff so you can say your whole piece and you just can tell all of your clients, blanket statement, email, whatever, go listen to the podcast. I've been using the podcast the last few weeks. (laughs) It's just like any topic somebody's asked me about, I'm like, I'm just gonna put it on the podcast so I don't have to actually like have a two hour conversation about this. (laughs) I like that you're optimizing your time. I did say I was gonna fire him after the Norwegian training podcast. I don't need you anymore. This is Got this. And, got this. and the problem yeah. with coaching Ed is Ed is really smart. See, I'm really good at coaching not smart people. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking about that. Ed, one of these days, is going to be like, dude, uh, you, you already told me everything, and I definitely learned quick. So this is, uh, We're good. That's funny. We're good here. No, but coaching Ed's been fun because I like coaching people that have varied goals, I guess is the way to put it, or they, they, they yeah. have a varied background. You know, like Ed is going ultra-distance type events here, but actually has a really good, like, short system, too. He's a guy who, you know, if went out to, I know he would never say this about himself, but, like, could go to short track or PIR, and if we focused on that yep. for a little bit, oh, you could crush. be very competitive at yeah. both those. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so a varied system. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. So, Edward yesterday ran the Portland Marathon. How did that go for you? Yes, rep- race report. Well, considering I had no direct preparation. We were not this, training for a road marathon. <laughs> just decided... <laughs> Friday evening slash Saturday morning that I'd go ahead and do this. Yeah. Um, it went as well as I really could have hoped. I mean, I've, I've run more than a dozen marathons in my life. I can now say I've run three well. Nice. Because I, I paced it relatively evenly until I started to have some hamstring issues with about six miles to go. Yeah. Dialed things back a little bit so that it hopefully wouldn't blow up on me. Mm-hmm managed to get to 25 that way and then was jumping on the side of the road in pain for a little bit but Ooh. still like speed limped it in at like a nine minute mile so what, what was the 10k look like like profile wise the last oh, 10k God. it's all up and down the Is whole it? thing yeah. like they call yeah. it fast and flat no, no it's it's not, not really that hilly in any perceptible way except you're like i why is this thing rising again and still yeah. going yeah. down just a little bit? And then with all the bridges that you go over, yeah. the whole course is because every bridge too, is going to be so. a hill. Like anytime you're hitting a bridge, it's always going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. but it yeah. was it's so, a well put on event and nice tons weather, and tons of aid stations and a great crowd. So good weather, nice. nothing to complain about. How was so training was not optimal going into this one? No, it was just definitely not directed towards that. Did we, you like we what was were your doing longest, a lot of ultra your, training? Ultra training. Ultra training. Okay, so you've yeah, done some long well, runs. You've got to tell oh, the yeah. big picture oh, yeah. here. Like, what are you training for right now? This was like a, just a training thing for you to go this do. This was a training yeah. day. This yeah. was absolutely a training day. So and you've only got a few weeks left before you're heading off to do this thing. Let's let's talk about what that is. So I, I got roped into running rim to rim to rim okay. at the Grand gotcha. Canyon on the 29th of this month, so yeah. October 29th. Okay. Uh, two weeks ago, I ran most of the way around Hood on the Timberline Trail, mm. but that was like a 15-minute mile. And then I went and yeah. ran this. How sign- far is that? 30K? Or is it 30 miles? 50K? 27 miles. Okay. Yeah. I was supposed okay. to go 33, but my water filter wasn't working and I Ooh. ran out of water. So, yeah. Huh. Discretion Too is bad. the better part of valor. Yeah. Okay, so, rim to rim to rim. Give us a profile breakdown on that. What is it? Start at the north rim of the Grand Canyon at about 8,000 feet of elevation. Run basically a mile vertically down over a 14-mile stretch to, like, 2,500 feet elevation Mm -hmm. and come back up the south rim to a 7,000-foot elevation, touch the sign, turn around and do it all over again because 
I'm not very smart. Total, total stats on that again for the fo- <laughs> folks at home that don't have their calculators yeah, what's out. The, yeah. What's the elevation gain on it? It's a lot. 46 miles distance, yeah. 11,200, so yeah. give or take. Both oh. up and down, of course. Cause it's, a, it's a monster of a date, but also shows a good sign of, as we were talking about, there's there's two different types of systems that we, we have to, like a marathon run for somebody who tr- oh, is the trying just to crashed. Like PR. Sorry. For, for, for somebody <laughs> trying to PR a marathon run, and Matt knows this too, is, <laughs> is, is, is you have to train very specifically at certain paces, and there's this very consistent pounding effect and strain on the muscles. As brutal as an ultra is, as, as, as Ed now knows better than anybody, you're more than anything training your gut. Like you're yeah. basically training the ability to process food for a really long time. And, you know, I mean, it's 10 to 15 minute miles, so it's much less pounding on the body, but it's a lot of time on feet. So yeah. your temp- metabolic system has to be ready to go. What do you think the temperature swing is going to be? Because that's something well, that's interesting to me, right? Because like you're starting in the morning, I presume. Yeah, it's well, probably cooler. We anticipate starting and ending in the dark, just yeah. given the time of year. Yeah. Uh, I saw a report from just last week. Everybody's asked me about the temperature. I said it could be 100 degrees. It could be freezing. And this report I saw it was literally 33 degrees when they started. It was 100 degrees at Phantom Ranch. Right. So we have no idea what to expect. I mean, the elevation alone, the Box Canyon effect, all that yeah. can lead to wild temperature swings. Right. And so we kind of need to be prepared for anything. But that's yeah. also kind of part of the adventure. Yeah. Is this 100% self-supported? That's what I was going to mm. ask, too. You're bringing, you're bringing water. Which is the big? He's got a weight. great pack, though. I mean, that yeah. thing—you you got a three-liter pack, right? So I'm, I'll yeah. bring my Solomon S Lab Advanced Skin Twelve or something mm-hmm. fancy like that, yeah. which is not the pack you're thinking of. Okay, it, gotcha. it's my running pack. It holds a two-liter bladder and right. two small things, the same way that uh, Camelback Chase vests that you Perfect. sell. Yeah, the lab do. Um, it's fantastic. It feels like it's just part of the body when nice. you're on mm-hmm. and I'm going to carry two spare empty crushable bottles yeah. just in case, um, in, in your training, filter. you're training by going no water. Like, no, no we're, 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 for your, we're for your last make, 27 well, miles. accidentally or, last week. Yeah. That no, was not on purpose. I ran out of water when I had about six miles to go. Yeah. And my wife who was kind enough to kind of play rescue and was staying at a hotel down in Welch's all day in case something went sideways. And I just decided it was easier to have her pick me up at our defined mm-hmm. bailout point than yeah. risk yeah. not being able to filter water yeah. at a later date uh, or a later point in the run. This is why it's easier for me to coach at those because of the ultra athletes I coach, I trust his decision making a little bit more than <laughs> luckily I know my <laughs> couple other ultra runners do not listen to this podcast, but I do not, <laughs> I do not always trust their decision making. Do, do you plan on doing more ultras? Like going forward after this one, I've done a few 50ks before. Yeah, uh, I tried the JFK 50 miler a few years ago and had to bail at 50k. Yeah, um, so I, I don't know. I just think this is a good area of the country for ultras. Like it I is. feel like it's get, like Very we've got like some really cool. It's a pretty companies. robust schedule for yeah. ultras. Yeah, can, I mean, there there are some parts of the country where you got to you got to drive yeah. a couple hours just to find an ultra. Oh, yeah. So yeah. All right, so let's bring. What? Go ahead, Lance. Ed. A couple things here. I was at the north rim of the Grand Canyon yesterday. I saw that. How was the weather? And uh, if you look at the temperature, I think the temperature was like 55 mm. at the rim of the north, at the north rim. So it was quite comfortable. And I'm Hopefully it's the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going to warm up down there. Are you... So I, I'm interested in the water. Are there places to refill water? So Phantom Ranch is down at the river. At the, I guess you hit Phantom Ranch twice on the way out and on the way back. Do so you refill water there? Are there other places to refill water? 
It's a good question. Yeah, there there are very old pipes that run through gotcha. the canyon, which are okay. often out of service, That's and you just sort of yeah. don't know until you're there. Don't plan which on is that why water. Yeah. <laughs> There's five of us going. Every single one of us is separately carrying a water filter yeah. just in case. I'm playing yeah. the the logistician or the logistics guy on this, trying to make sure nobody dies, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, and making sure that we're all prepared and. You know, the idea being that we can have a group of two in front, we can have somebody off the front, but we can't leave anybody back behind on their yeah. own. And everybody, since we don't know who's going to fall into what group, needs to be able to be completely self-sufficient. Yeah. So the hope yeah. is that we can get potable water. We don't have to break the filters out, but just in case, we're going to have them. I mean, the nice thing about a touch the sign and back is if anybody is really in trouble, you're going, I mean, you know, That's the out. ideally you don't want to see them two, three hours after they're really in trouble, but you, there, there will be, it's not like a loop where you get there, you're like, crap, where is everybody? So yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my friends lives in Phoenix. And when I mentioned this to him, he's like, you know, I will come and drive the three hours to get you from the South Rim. If something really good yeah. <laughs> yeah. that applies not only to you, but to all your friends. Yes. So. All right. So let's bring, so go, go is ahead. That why, is, is that why you're doing it in October? And you're hoping for better, temperatures yeah probably most ideal. in large part yeah that and it just fit yeah. everybody's schedule yeah in august okay. hot. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring this thing back around to talking about off-season training now yes. that we know this i'm really curious to know what your approach is when is your off-season and we'll get into that in a minute but um yeah mm-hmm. when i stepped out when i ran into mr edward here um yeah. what, what had you guys already covered what are we where are we at so off-season wise, me and Matt, were kind of defining what typically in a triathlon schedule would be off-season in a runner, what's the off-season, and then in a cyclist. Specifically, cycling does get a little easier to predict the off-season because if you are a cyclist that's going to do cyclocross and early season road racing. Yeah, especially in this area, it's like it's a pretty off-season season. is, yeah. is going to be yeah. January, February, It's basically January, February, March, part of March, yeah. And then, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, for the most part, I mean, there's not too many people, I mean... I guess there are a fair amount of people that do mm-hmm. the road stuff as well as the cyclocross stuff. But I think yeah. larger yeah. part, though, there's a lot of folks that are just people done with cyclocross around here sometime in November. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that you're, you're, you're talking about a pretty isolated season for cyclists. Matt made the point that obviously for triathletes, it's a much longer season if you're not willing to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would even argue in runners, it's a completely random off season depending on what you're doing. Yeah. If you're a collegiate track guy, it's your summer. If you're an ultra runner, I at least know when my mom was doing well, ultra running, there may not be enough. I mean, you're if, capable of doing, you know, I, I, I knew ultra runners that would go and do snowshoeing races, which right. arguably, in my opinion, was harder, harder I think, work, honestly. I think what you'll <laughs> see for, there's like, there's just different types of runners, right? Yes. And so you'll see the classic marathoners that'll do two marathons, like, and that's typically fall and spring where you'll have mm-hmm. like your bigger marathons for the most part. Yeah. And so you kind of have... That's your peak season. Yeah. Those are, yeah. those are peak races, for example, but then you have... That you still could have like a winter off season, yeah, and you could, you could. have a summer off season, but most people yeah. don't because and it's I, just. And I think that a lot of what I'm what I'm seeing, and this was I was actually talking with two coaches over the weekend when we were in Park City, mm-hmm. and we were making good points. That I think not that an off season is overrated, but what I tell people is it's usually when somebody's mentally fatigued out on the type of training that they're doing or the type of racing they were peaking for. My only shift is definitely not, and I do have an athlete I actually talk with this about because she used to take really long off seasons and she struggled through the tri season because I was telling her is when, when you're not somebody who has the ability to full-time train like 30, 35 hours a week, that if you take a four-week time period and become sedentary, especially as an endurance athlete, you mm-hmm. will see big performance drops. 
And those adaptations do take a while to get back. There have been really good studies that actually look at um, even just like bed rest, for yeah. example. Bed rest, you will see muscle atrophy in up to five days. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. beyond that, when you're talking how we used to like treat ACL rehab and all that, that person would be straight-legged for six to eight weeks. That, I mean, imagine if, if you're seeing muscle atrophy in five days, six to eight weeks, multiple compounded. This is why people suffered lifetime issues. Well, that. and you see that in anyone that wears a cast, right? Like yes. it's like you wear a cast. Plantar fasciitis in a boot. If, if anybody yeah. is zoning out during this, and listen, if you ever have plantar fasciitis, never put your foot in a boot. It's going to be the worst thing you ever do for yourself. Gotcha. But it's just looking at, okay, we're really mentally fatigued out on, let's say, a road season. Like yeah. you're, you're cyclist and you're like, I, am, I don't even want to look at my road bike anymore. Cool. Like grab a mountain bike. Yep. Do a cyclocross yeah. season. Anything that's that change in impulse to keep fitness because it is really easy to keep momentum going. It is very hard to get momentum. So gotcha. keeping momentum going simple, getting it going is a nightmare. So are we talking about off-season as in the true definition where you're actually completely stepping away from racing, your, let's say. Or just stepping away from your sport in general. Yeah, because I mean, I mean like yeah. a, the true definition when you're talking about periodization with an off season, you're not doing your particular sport. You're doing like active rest. You're yeah. doing anything other than what it is that you typically would do, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I so di- I disagree heavily with like classic periodization, though. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, but that, but that's, but that's the 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 classic definition would be like, yeah, you <clears> peaked for racing. Let's say you hit, uh, you know, like your state championship road race or yeah. whatever like that, and you take like a two month time period where you drop your volume from, let's say you're writing 12 hours a week to like, I'm doing like two, three hours a week. But you're doing it. other stuff. You're not being completely yeah. sedentary. Or if you are injured, that's a good time to take care of yourself. That is also true. Sometimes it's a forced one. Gotcha. Yeah. Which also okay. means you probably I just want to make sure that we're on the same page because there are a lot yeah. of people that use that term incorrectly. And they just talk about the time that they're, when their last race is done yeah. to the time where their, their first, first race is yeah. So in that period, you're going to have like an off season, you're going to have a preseason and all of that stuff is collectively being called an off season for some people. Yeah. So. I, I think when I look at offseason, and this is what the, the conversation, I'm you know, going to be a broken record here on the last couple of conversations I had with some of the triathletes I coach, is if you felt like you really mentally needed an offseason badly, yeah. that meant we need to adjust your training a little bit because my, my goal is not, this is why I dislike periodization heavily, is I really do not like big peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. We're talking big peaks and valleys, we, we're flirting with injury. We're flirting with also like really ruining your endocrine system. Like, like when we're, when we're talking about like hormonal cycles and athletes, like if you're really feeling like, man, I was on top of the world for like two weeks and now I feel like absolute trash and can't get out of bed. Whatever we were doing training wise was too big up and down. Mm-hmm. And you should not feel like you have to have an off season. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not striking that balance for somebody, I need to adjust how we're training because my goal is you enjoy doing this 12 months out of the year. We just need little changes in what the goal is at that I, time. I think yeah. that that I, I disagree in some ways. And one Please of which devil's advocate. I love it, but yeah, I, I, I an idiot. in one way <laughs> where like, sure, granted, you know, you, you have natural peaks and valleys when you race an Ironman race or you do a crazy ultra race, right? Where it's like the race itself. You might not, how do you feel today? Chipper? Like you want to go for a long run or sore and beat up. I'm guessing you probably feel like you don't want to go, you know, down a flight of stairs. There's a reason I'm gladly sitting here instead yes. of at my desk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I needed a distraction. <laughs> but, but Ed's not even a good example of this because I have very few people that can actually absorb volume like him. So if, yeah, if, that's if, not, if I know, I'm like, oh, he's going to give to Ed to some of my other people, I'd be like, oh, God, this is not good. Like, but I'm supposed <laughs> to run 20 miles again on Sunday. Yeah. But my we'll see how we feel yeah. Thursday. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, hopefully getting some light stuff, even spinning your legs will hopefully start to feel come around yeah, it was but, supposed to be just yoga uh, <laughs> but you know for like typically for me it's, it's you start to i have injury issues post ironman race 
And yeah. I found that the things that work best for me is a change in volume and, and it's different. It's not, it's, it's almost like you can redirect stuff a bit, right? Like more swimming. Yeah. And I think this is something mm-hmm. you probably agree with where it's yep. like, you know, less running, more swimming. Oh, after an Ironman, I don't think you should be. Well, unless you really are a r- 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 robust athlete. I mean, feels, I'll, I'll take Josh out of this conversation because Josh will go on a run on Monday after an Ironman. But okay. 90% of your Ironman athletes running that next week is going to be a no-no. It's going to be biking and swimming and that's Yeah. It. And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that people should do zero running. I'm just saying that, you know, that is a change in volume for but, sure. But this is also why I don't promote the Ironman to a lot of people I coach right. is because I really do it believe yeah. it's, it's like I mean, little. when we're talking about like how to avoid somebody needing an off season, you, we do have to look at the type of racing they're doing too. Sure. I mean, like if somebody was like, my only goal is to do race across America as a cyclist, you'd be like, okay, you're probably going to hate your bike for like the next year after that. That's I've seen enough people go through <laughs> race across America where it's like, that's the tippy top. And it's awesome. I love that people want to go and do that, but that's not for obviously not for everybody, but yeah. not even for really like, it's just, you're, you're asking the most out of your body. And for some people, an Ironman is asking sure. the most out of the body. So you're going to have to realize that that's a peak that you're going to come down from. And it's going to be a very hard come down as Matt yeah. knows, but yeah. yeah. And so maybe you're, maybe you've got a good point that it's like, yeah. And that race is too much. Yeah. Which yeah, people never want to hear is. because they're like, well, I just watched watch on NBC Sports. So I really want to do sports that. I'm like, don't. I mean, it's a bad idea. You, gotta <laughs> crawl, you have to crawl across the finish line. Do Olympic distances. They're great. <laughs> Olymp- I was going to say, Olympic distances are great. You could they're literally wonderful races. You could yeah. do them you know, every weekend, over theoretically. Over. Yep. yep. And it depends on who you are. I mean, there's definitely runners out there that can reproduce good long tra- I mean, you know, Ed's trained with people like this, too, or people who can knock out a 50k almost every weekend and like that's yeah. kind of their homeostasis they they can kind of stay there and there's different like races too like a 50k trail run might not beat you up as much as a road you know, marathon, a road marathon. Yeah. it's just they're just different beasts well and and think of as a runner so bringing the off-season conversation to runners uh we're, we're talking about a little bit different tax on the body than cyclists cyclists mm-hmm. can absorb a lot more hours obviously and I mean, it's, it's typical when you look at even your, your, you know, GC tour pros and all of that, they are able to, even in their off season, quote unquote, I don't even know why we call it a cyclist off season. Those guys are doing more volume in their off season than they do actually in season. I mean, they, they can absorb massive loads. Your best marathoners, as Matt know, after they hit their big peak marathons, they do need a couple weeks down because the actual toll on the body is is a lot like as that's fine no it's just like i mean once you hit mile 20 to 25 yeah that is and and the difference between running a 12 and a half minute mile versus running an eight and a half minute mile is a lot of force on the joints and tendons especially the ten. i know we, we we always we always talk about the joints people don't appreciate that the tendons specifically talk about like ed's hamstring years the tendons have to also protect the joints so they will start to tighten and tighten and tighten over time well and i think with with road cycling, I'm sorry, with road running in particular, it's the repeat of repeated impact and yeah. it's the same impact. Yeah. Like apart from there's hills, no break from that at that apart point. Apart from yeah. hills up or down, your stride is almost exactly the same. Yeah. Whereas if you're running a trail race, you're constantly dodging little things yep. and that little bit yep. of variety in motion makes it so much easier for the body to absorb all of it in my exactly. opinion whereas exactly. it's like just getting hit in the head at the same point <laughs> over and over again eventually you're going to get a skull fracture something's yeah. going to break if you hit it enough times this is why like if you told me would you rather be in the nfl or a professional boxer I'd be like i'll take the nfl because at least the hits are a little different every single time and i don't just want to be getting hit in the head over and over you yeah. make a lot more money you so probably exactly. make more money yeah. Yeah, yeah. way less concussions a lot of concussions yeah. but you way would less. crush in either one though oh i'd be great you would, <laughs> you would absolutely for both those you'd get, get crushed <laughs> 
No, he would. Yes. So that's probably the last big thing you have on your calendar for the year, correct? Yeah, definitely. So what is what is November and December going to look like for you? Uh, talk to this guy. That is dialed a, cycling. That is a team. <laughs> You're just gonna. We're gonna go ride. We're I'm have gonna fun. do the dialed 100 on my, my own. Preference. <laughs> <laughs> my preference for Ed would be we may make a little shift into some cycling. I think it's going to be the. That's really shift. the plan because yeah. uh, after an embarrassing uh, showing at the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder last yeah, year, it's got Max Grind. I immediately <laughs> signed up again because, uh, despite what he says, not very smart. Yeah. Um, What's so, the date on that? It's five days, end of June. Yeah. Okay. So right around the summer solstice. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just want to go and finish it. I'm not trying to race it this mm-hmm. year because I've realized that I dig myself way too deep of a hole when I do something like that for five days. And if I figure out I can just finish it, then great. I'll go for, back and try to race it. For how smart of a pacer Ed is as a runner, he's equally as not good of a pacer. Oh, yeah. On the gravel scene. So there's, <laughs> however, take the percentage of whatever good pacer he is as an ultra runner. He's that bad at pacing gravel races. I can so. pace things really well between three and four hours. After that, it's crap yes. shit because <laughs> I just don't have that much time to do that many long training rides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so until that's you get the used problem with some it, of these gravel races is, I mean, you, you look at just the length and the idea of racing some of these gravel races, you're like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. your typical person with a job, career, and life is not, cannot race for five hours. Like, that's a long time to race. Yeah. So it's a calibration. Yeah, I signed thing. up for the, I signed up for the gravel grinder as well. Nice. So oh, cool. Maybe you, I'll, you were also maybe signed I'll up this past you. year, so. So Lance is bringing all the food <laughs> and, and combinations, and right? I didn't show up. Yeah, that's right. I, despite my harping on you for like six weeks leading up. <laughs> I, I, I was signed up and I still didn't go. You're you're correct, but. Oh, I'm I'm planning on doing it this next year, hopefully. Uh, misery loves company, man. Yes, <laughs> that's true. So then, like, looking at somebody who, let's say, is looking at doing a very long, I should just brought on somebody, Coach Wise, who's going to be doing, like, very, very long distance type cycling events specifically, is the winter to me is, so we're talking, as you get closer and closer to that race, obviously the volume's going to have to naturally increase, so the system's ready for that. Mm-hmm. Because, really, there's there's adaptations that need to be made over long periods of time. I think sometimes, and I actually notice this in some cyclists, because I, I mean, and I'm not sure if it's just the fatigue on just cycling being in a repetitive activity, but they, they really think it's like, ah, I'm just going to take like the next four or five weeks, not do much, and then I'll start that build for season. It's like, okay, you need to maintain your base at some point. And if you were over-voluming way too much leading into that, you need to look at your whole year again. But you cannot just not ride for four or five weeks and then expect to be able to do, like, you know, I mean, the Oregon Grabber Wrench is a great example. And that I think is the mistake people make when they try to define their off season is like, we almost sometimes convince ourselves like, Oh my God, I need a break from this sport. And you're like, well, yeah, but like just do something a little bit different or just do a little bit less and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. Because I actually find, and I've got a lot of theories on this as, as a PT, I think a lot of severe injuries, not chronic injuries, because a lot of endurance athletes have something that's been nagging for a while. Definitely. But when we're talking about really bad acute injuries, those sometimes do come from people who took, long periods off, loss of mm. tissue tolerance adaptations, and then they jump right jump back right in back. with a yeah. little bit too much fever, and they really try to, like, they're like, oh, man, I got nine weeks of this marathon, and you, I got to start well, right and now. And you remember that you can re- that you can either Short-term run or whatever, that, yeah. right? It's like, I remember that I could do a 100-mile bike ride, no problem, oh, yeah. let's go do it. Or, I mean, probably not. Biking is, like, the one thing that you yes. can sometimes get away with it, but, oh, like, I saw, running is the worst. I know, I know he does not listen to this podcast, so I'll say this, but I remember when he was way more injury-prone, Sam Parsons mm-hmm. on 10 Man Elite would, I mean, this guy would take two weeks off running, 
like saying, oh man, my Achilles is bothering me. I need to just take two weeks off, like mid season almost. Mm-hmm. And then boom, jump and do like a 75 mile intensity week right after that. And just yeah. up and down Achilles injury over and over again. I was like, dude, you need like, come on. That's like, you've been doing this long enough. That does, that's not smart. Like you're going to blow yourself up, but he's trained very differently now, but yeah. Good. All right. Well, what else you got there? Don't do big ups and downs, people. You want a nice little in the middle. I of think fluctuations. my big ups and downs are bad. My off season recommendation for people is like, go do fun things. Yeah. Like if you're for unstructured if, volume for the runners or whatever, mm-hmm. like we will say something along the lines of like two weeks off, you know, which yeah. sounds like very, you know, opposite of what Evan's saying. But like, I also but think these it's, are kids that hopefully are staying active otherwise. Yes. Like go play ball sport. Go do, go do fun things. Or, um, the way I used to do it personally was cause I loved run. I still, I mean, I love I know, running. Yeah. And so you, someone you, tells you me two weeks, off, someone so tells me two weeks off and I would just weeks. like do this. I'm really listening to what you're saying yeah. and I'm not going to do any of it. How many miles a week are we running? 50? I'll do 70 in these yeah. two weeks. <laughs> or, but what I would do is I would, I would drop the weekly mileage down and I would, um, go find new trails. That would be it. Yeah. Like there that's the job. Yeah. Like, and you could like walk, jog, whatever, but like it was not hard. There was yeah. no intensity to it. And that was a really, I think the bigger thing for all of us to think about is like the mental relief of, of training pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know what was really cool? Um, one of the studies they were looking at uh, was at rate of injuries in collegiate female runners. Mm-hmm. There was a decrease in the female runners who came from a ball sport background. Yeah. I was asked this yesterday. It was like, do you prefer bone injuries, having bone injury specific, having athletes that have come from other sports and you know, you're like, well, yeah, Depends kind of, I mean, you just don't want kids to just, you know, like you said, you were talking about like repetitive pounding against yeah. your head. Like <laughs> eventually you're going to crack. And when you have these kids that have come from other sports, like soccer or whatever yep. is the classic example, yep. they, they, you know, they tend to have a little bit more, um, I don't know. Resiliency. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's not, you know, I mean, this is, we're talking on grand scales. You can find a million examples, I'm sure, of soccer athletes going to yep. cross country who come up with injuries. But yeah, sure. the, the, the best examples we were talking about, bone stress injuries. So as runners, we're talking bone stress injuries, cyclists really like like think of muscular fatigue issues like kind of what you know Jay, jake's going through a little bit different because this was an acute issue but it's like chronic you know muscular issues when somebody's like my right glute is like always tied to me whenever i'm on the bike or this or that mm-hmm. you have to load that tissue a little bit differently for it to adapt mm-hmm. and the best example is like tibial stress fractures in young cross-country runners if you're seeing a kid who's repeated stress injuries on the bone they i mean it's it's a tough conversation and this this clinician was talking this is a hard conversation to have especially at the collegiate level but it's mm-hmm you got to bring the mileage down and you need to do varied activities. It has to be varied activities at that point because that bone has shown that it is not able to adapt to the current load. So you have to strengthen it. The only way to strengthen that bone is it has to be under varied loads then because clearly that repetitive load is not, you're you're losing the osteoclast osteoblast conversation then osteoblast builds bone osteoclast breaks down. So I have, I have an athlete that um, is, has had, multiple stress fractures yeah. and is very scared of, you know, doing more mileage or long yeah. runs or things like that, yeah. which is understandable. Like it's, yeah. you know, we want to keep you healthy. We want you to make it through the entire season. Mm-hmm. And so for them, they, in their mind, they have like a number that they don't want to go over weekly yeah. mileage. wise. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time. There's like, a lot of good research so, in that. Yeah. So I don't, there's a lot of fear with that. For that, it's for, that's tough for me to, to deal with because it's not my own personal experience. I had a stress fracture when I was 
like a freshman in college doing like mm-hmm. 60, 70 miles a week. And it was just like, I wasn't sleeping well. And yeah, that's why I had the stress some, fracture. Yeah. But then, you know, two years later, I'm doing 120 miles a week. And you're fine. No problem. Yep. And so yep. I don't think that there's a magic number. And so when I hear someone tell me that this is their magic number, I'm always grinding my teeth a little bit. But at the yeah. same time, there's also this bit like, this is what they've decided in their mind. Let's not push. Yeah. Like it's not worth telling someone otherwise. Yeah. So after the season, I'm happy to sit down and have a talk with them and be like, I don't believe that there is a magic number. Yeah. Now that the season's over and we're doing, you know, a little bit of a down period, like that's, it's just different than people. People it. just have to, I think sometimes assess their goals. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, sure. And I think that I see this in a lot of people who come through me from a PT perspective, not a coaching you, perspective, you but you a do. PT yeah, perspective sure. is people really have a mismatch on what they think speed is going to feel like and what it's going to be for them. I think that whenever people are like, I want to PR, I want to go, you know, I mean, I, I want to be a pro triathlon I want to mm-hmm. be, I want to be a D one, this or that they have to realize that, okay, there's talk to anybody who's been down that road. Very rarely is somebody not injured. Very yeah. rarely along that path. You're going to run into volume issues, but when that is your goal, you're going to be flirting with one. You don't get to take off season then at that point, in my opinion. If that's, if that's really your long-term goals, you better be training well enough that you are able to accumulate a lot of work over a long period of time. Yeah, of and volume. if you're not that person, that's okay, but you need to reassess your goal then mm-hmm. and look at yourself and be like, maybe I'm not a D1 cross-country runner. You know, and like it, that's, I mean, really, and right. that's fine then because then you get to be healthy. The problem is I think when yep. people way overshoot their goals yeah. with, and I've become much more brutally honest sometimes as a coach where I'm just like, this is where you're at and this is not where I think you can be in four or five years. Right. Which is fine. I think that that's, that's something that you need to be able to communicate with people. Right. This person is like happy just to make it through the Perfect. season yeah. and like yeah. the collegiate running thing could be in their future. It's just, and I, I believe in that. Yeah. For them, but I don't, for them, they're just like, I just want to make it through this car- <laughs> yeah. season and have fun with my friends. I'm going to homecoming awesome. this weekend. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So I think it's good. I think it's interesting. Let's talk yeah. about what your off season into preseason looks like. Are you trying anything new this coming year? Let, oh, yeah. Let's talk about this year specifically. Me? Yeah. For you specifically. I know that you're yeah. starting up with a new coach. I know. I haven't told Ed this yet. I have somebody who's going to coach me. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Bold move. Is there anything that you guys have on to. Yeah. on the agenda of we'll things you're going to get into this after December? You have a race in December, I, I have early a race December, the first first weekend of December. Okay. Um, for for me, and I'm going to have this conversation with my coaches. I I'm very very much enjoying the sport right now. Like it is a good portion of my life. Just my like whether it comes from a coaching aspect or my own training. Um, I last year did not take an off season at all. We and know, we know that was fine. I felt great. Like it was good going into this. You season. have this opportunity though, like perfect timing for like this holiday season of, yeah. I mean, it could work out really well. Yeah. But I mean, four I, weeks where you're like, Oh, if I miss a, if I miss a day on the trainer, yeah, doesn't not, matter. No, I'm not, I'm not going to, what, once we hit January, um, since I am, I have a big race block in April and May. So I might be racing almost four times between April and May. Um, I'm planning on going in with like two, three months of really, good work i am not talented enough to take i that that was our joke with with one of the other pros in the field like i know some of these top end pros will talk about they'll take off seasons and they always i think some of these guys say they're taking off seasons and then they'll stop posting on strava and i know they're lying because i know they're like still doing maintaining a lot of volume and doing random stuff like that but i am not talented enough to like take time out of the pool like i am not a good enough swimmer to be like and i'm gonna take two weeks out of the pool come back and i'll be fine now i think you should look at this is me coaching you I think you should look at your, um, like the things that you find mentally difficult 
which I know out. that that's probably not a lot for you because you can you're weird that you can like sit on a trainer for three hours and hurt. I like Zwift racing. <laughs> I but hate like honestly, Zwift racing would be a mental break, right? Because it's like oh, it's yeah. not like you're doing. Because I hate LT one and sweet spot right. work right like, now. Like yes. okay, no sweet yes. spot training for like the yeah. month of. That's probably the, the last half thing. of December in the first half of January. It's like, yeah. go do Zwift races. And that would be enough of a break. And I want to cry. I'm, I'm excited to cross country race. We well, actually kind of did that last year. Zwift, I did. I did a little I, Zwift I racing block. Zwift. I didn't do as much as Josh did. Josh was oh, yeah. racing. He like, loves all the Zwift time. racing. Oh, my God. He was all over. He would yeah. crush those races, too. He has fun. I think he's going to do it again. My problem with the Zwift races is like, the, if you want to actually win one of those races, you oh. have to put out like a lifetime hour best on a weekly basis and, and, like, and the first first hard. minute needs to be yeah max power which is exactly how i don't race but yeah so Still. swift racing yeah okay swift racing for your off season i'll be running the juniors a little swift right will you too. be hitting the weights at all yes oh okay. yeah that's a once good a idea week, lifting very heavy what will about you very heavy once a week? you, you should do more than lifting. yeah very <laughs> very light fred very very light for me whisper running <laughs> any, whis- any whisper running or anything like that um yeah i think i'll probably be jumping in once the kids cross country season is over i told david you could also find some sort of like jingle bell 5k fun stuff like that to do we're going back to the resolution run me and jake stout i need to i need to reclaim the course record out there they took it from me last year how about another bike fit um, I really like the bike fit I'm at right now. So you think that's working for you? But I think this is pretty good. That's right a now. good time though for people to start tweaking with that a little bit. That is a good I, point. I made a weird one where I kind of tweaked actually in like the middle of a race block, honestly, but yeah. it turned out great. I mean, I felt great the last two races. How about tinkering with nutritional intake as well as new yep. supplements? Yep. Um, right now my goal is I'm training my stomach to be able to take about hundred grams of carbs per hour. Have you, so. have you been like subtly listening to someone like the Norwegians talk about like how they're cramming carbs in more than There's subtly something I'm very, very interesting there that I'm, I don't know what they're, I'm telling you that not only just the Nor- everybody's listening to that. I don't know where some of this research is coming from, but it's almost like they're all trained like ultra runners. Now they're like, there's something weird going on. Oh, I mean there was, who was it? Was it back or laid low? Somebody was talking about like, he's up to like 120 to 140 grams of carbs per hour in a full iron. Do you think they're training their, Oh yeah. I mean, their their intro like I and I realize that with myself is that if you want to do that and Ed has to see you know I mean we talk about this all the time in Ed's comments is just like how much are you taking in per hour and God I wish I could Ed Ed gobbles that up just fine and like we have a good communication some some of my kids I coach are like they're, they're like I don't know man I just like I I just feel kind of weird in my tummy whenever I do that I was like mm-hmm. yeah that's got to train your gut to do it. <laughs> like that's that's the the goal is you have to be able to learn how to digest or you're going to be running. You're always going to have a limit to your performance. Crack, right. If you if you cannot process carbs, you are always going to have a limitation in performance because fat metabolism will only last so long. Yes, there is. Whenever people talk about, oh, we have like this endless supply of fat metabolism. Yes, but your brain, your central nervous system is also really smart. It will not allow you to sustain ketoacidosis for a really long time unless you are a psycho. And the psychos are the ones we're seeing win like, you know, like the ultras at like altitude the like 100, 200 mile races, the 24 hour races where you get people that actually can sustain ketoacidosis for a while, but they are eating a ton during those races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ed's probably seen like, what is it? Like some of the, oh, what's the woman's name? I just forgot who's a uh, Courtney, Courtney DeWalter. Cor- Courtney she, DeWalter. Doesn't she live in like Seattle? I think so. I think she lives somewhere around there. But she, maybe she, Vancouver. She will like literally Canada. eat pizza. Like yeah. mid run, she'll be like a mile hundred, like running and eating pizza. That's awesome. It's like her gut. I is don't full think that that's my spirit that animal. I just don't want anything sweet. Yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. That's the anything biggest limitation. Anything but a gel. I have at a certain point. Yeah, I, it just depends on the intensity and the duration. But at some point, anything sweet, I don't want to touch at all. Like yeah. I, I finished the marathon yesterday, and I forget what they were giving. What did you the eat after? Line. Yeah, 
Well, we got Taco Bell on the way home because it's what nice. my wife wanted and happy wife, happy life. Yes. Um, but was your stomach happy? <laughs> my stomach was fine with it. Nice. But See, I that's could, actually a good sign. I yeah. managed to take a bite of some peanut butter, banana, Bob's Red Mill bar that they yeah. had and almost spit it out in the car. Right. Yeah. No, no. I will wait until yeah. I get to talk. I will <laughs> rather wait 40 minutes for food. Get this trash away from me. Let me eat Taco Bell. <laughs> it was fine later in the day, but for the first for the first few hours yeah. after the race, uh-uh, no thank you. I think that's even a... I think I when, when we're talking about like repetitive insulin in the system... I do think at some point your central nervous system is like, we are, di- I mean, it's like how a diet, I mean, honestly, how somebody develops type 2 diabetes is like your, your brain's like, we are not letting off any more insulin for sure, which means those really, really high sugary things are at some point going to make you sick. Like you're not, you're, your body's going to reject them. There's also a lot of gut issues when you're like, I'm taking in this sugary substance yeah. and like all the fatigue. water has to come from somewhere to process this that. This is why you gut. have to be, so there's a great chart that I downloaded recently where it's, you, you have to be taking in two to four ounces of fluid per, I forget what amount of carbs it is, but what, whatever, regardless, you, you have to take in two to four ounces. But if you get behind on that, it's actually, you can't really catch up. Yeah. to that so that your your gut does not literally have enough it's, motility it's not to it fun, to actually it's process. not a fun rest of the day no it's where you're on the toilet for a while yeah it's mm. not fun <laughs> this conversation as always <laughs> right in the crapper <laughs> presented to you by ghost energy Drink. exactly yes. <laughs> yeah. ed what what will you be doing this off season anything new that you're gonna add to your repertoire of like everything under the sun that you already do I think that's actually what's kept me doing this as long as I have is just constantly varying it. So I'm yeah. sure this winter Jerry will co-opt me into some long snowshoeing trips. Yeah, which sure. There you go. Love um, that. You know, just get out and maybe learn to ski again. I haven't done it since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get cross-country skis, but that's something I don't need to invest in at this point. In Cassie time. did that a little bit are, last year too, actually. The yeah. snowshoes cool. are fun enough, and there aren't that many groom trails around here. But yeah. there's always something different to try. And Yeah. Um, you know, that's what's gotten me into gravel biking and mountain biking and then back into running after a number of years off and just constantly keeping it mixed is what keeps the fire going. I think that's, for me, that's the off season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to do my primary sport or whatever it is, whatever goal I'm focused on. I can't sit still. So I'm going to be active Mm -hmm. and just find something that's, that's new and interesting to try. And if it doesn't work out, that's great. There's a million other things under the sun. Exactly. How about you, Matt? Well, I'm a little odd just because I'm still recovering from Achilles surgery. And so everything is kind of, it's not really like an off season. It's like a build, you know, it'll, it will be a build towards like summer racing season. So I don't Speaking feel like of, how are you feeling with that right now? And what is your trajectory for 2023? Well, I mean, it's hard Iron to Man. say. Iron Man. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say. I have no idea. Um, we'll find out soon enough. I mean, I'm happy that I can get out and do some running which is kind of like my favorite of the three sports, but I also am happy that I'm able to bike and swim a good bit. So I think uh, the, I had a little bit of a setback cause I had COVID, you know, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it's just a matter of like slow build, slow burn, mm-hmm. nothing particularly hard, just put in time. And then hopefully this summer, it'll probably be some very low key, you know, triathlon or two and some fun stuff. And, but Nothing like, nothing where I feel obligated to stress out about training. Race at a certain pace or anything like yeah, that. No, yeah, no, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I'll probably like kind of let the cards fall where they fall mm-hmm. for the entire summer. And then at that point, I'll start to think like, okay, do I want to yeah. try to put together a good half Ironman race somewhere next yeah. year? You know, I think I'm a long ways away from training then, hard for something. And then even looking at the next 10 years for you, you know, yeah. you'll, you'll have the 
you'll have a, a couple driver's license in the group at, at the home, which means that yeah. that schedule gets cleared up just barely once, you know, Ethan's shark and everybody around. All of those things help. Yeah. Would you consider not putting a triathlon and a running event on your calendar for 23 and maybe get into some bike racing, maybe do some gravel or some road distance stuff or something that kind of like dove, dovetails in cyclocross. <laughs> so I'm all in on cyclocross. Uh, no, I think I racing. I was like, that's Oh yeah. Crashed a couple right. times. <laughs> my my bike times. handling isn't that great. Uh, I think that, you know, where I have the most fun is probably, you know, even just going out to a triathlon and seeing all the people out there is so much fun. And so even if I don't do well, I'm still happy to be out there. And so I will probably continue to schedule myself some triathlon races. Okay. Uh, bike racing, you know, I, I wouldn't mind doing like a road cycling race for sure. Some time trialing too. I mean, that's time trialing. I, you'd be, you're fantastic at that. I love time trialing. I actually would love to do that. And you know, we'll have, Probably some races this winter that could still be still some of my best memories, Matt. When I first moved Cranking. here, going out to do the beaches ride with you, and you're awesome. on your Trek Speed Concept TT bike, Great. and we Everyone were just track. out there freaking hammering. It was like just turning myself inside out just to stay on Matt's wheel because he was so stinking fast on that thing. So we, well, you know, I'm always on the lookout for like, okay, what you know, TT bike should I invest in because I do love time trialing, and I think having, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this before. It's like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of reasons not to buy a new bike, but one subtle new reason to get a new bike is because you get so much more motivated to go out there yeah. and put the miles in and so true. you yes. get a new TT bike and you're going to go spend time at Vancouver Lake, even though it's boring, it's the best place mm-hmm. to kind of put your head down and work hard sure. for, for time trialing. And so yes. I would, you know, I, I don't know when that will be, but at some point definitely pick up a TT bike. Plenty of 40 K time trials out there that you can oh, do fun. good work at. Yeah. You still, you I would still have to need to <laughs> reclaim your KOM too on, Lower River to whatever. Is that yours? No. The there to light. Uh, yeah, I think I have that one. Does Josh have that one? No, I, I have that yeah. one. The one from the light back to light that you yeah, came yeah, up yeah. with. Yeah. 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 Good times. Yeah. A lot of, lot of good options out there. Yeah. Lance Hepler, are you still on the phone? I am still here. Oh, wow. I, I finished my ride. I'm oh. back at the van. Okay. Is that why it's so quiet? <laughs> yeah. That's why it got quiet. Lance Hepler has been a little bit injured. He's had some issues, things going on this year, yada, yada, yada. And I think he's starting to come back into form. Are we going to see the Hepler focus come into full swing? Well, that's, that's kind of my plan. I'm not, I'm just, I promised myself I would do whatever races that I was in town for. And I would not take them seriously. I'm just, I'm racing for fun, right? Yep. You, you know, of course, of course, when the gun goes off, I go full out, but my full out is not the same as it was last year. So um, once once the cyclocross season ends, I will probably take, well, I'm going to Europe for like a month. That just sounded so pretentious. I can't believe that took, that just came out of my mouth. But I'm, I'm going to Europe for a month and I'm not taking a bike. So I will probably do some rides while I'm there. This is mostly for the month of November. Um, and then when I come back, my hope is to really buckle down and try to be ready by spring so I can do some road racing. I can do team camp and stay with the, with the team this year. And usually if I set up, if I take that month off and I, without any intensity, I'll still ride, but I just won't do intensity and just ride for fun. And then when I come back, I can kind of, step it up 
and be ready for the road season and then do the gravel races that are in the spring as well. And then hopefully that will last and I can, and then race my mountain bike and then race my second cross bike. So I'll take a month off and set myself up for a 10 month season, you know. So he says she's not going to do any intensity in that, that one little block of time in there. Right. And that's, that's not doing sweet spot stuff coming from trainer road, but all of the KOMs on Lance's Strava. idea of no intensity is like, <laughs> that's a zone two ride with two by three minutes at my all-time effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lance well, is going to tear the chain off some rental bike exactly, in Paris. On a zone two ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what Lance is doing in Europe is actually some pretty cruiser cool. cruiser bike in Europe. Lance, yeah. you and your wife have rented a Sprinter van over there. It's a little bit smaller than what you have, correct? Oh, correct. Cool. Yeah, we are. We're flying in Amsterdam, and then I've rented a Sprinter van in Amsterdam, and we're going to take 10 days and travel around uh, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands, uh, part of Germany, and Austria. I'm hoping to find a cyclocross race in the Netherlands while we're there, that just to watch, because I won't have a bike with me. Um, but then, yeah, so we're spending a couple weeks just traveling around Europe in the Sprinter van, and then we and then we're headed to Greece and and Turkey for a couple weeks with my sister and her husband. So yeah. that's. God, my life yeah. is so boring. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> the Sprinter van comes with a few bikes, correct? Um, there are, uh, there are. It comes with two foldable bikes. Uh-huh. So, oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure what Magic kind of uh, watts I can put into those. Uh, Guaranteed, those 100%. Bikes. I will put all of the money on this bet that Lance will be out trying to tackle some freaking KOM in Europe uh, was, on a foldable bike just so we can say, look what I did. foldable bike into the cyclocross race. Well, there you You'd go, like, that oh, too. I can jump in. Is this allowed? Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I could take the foldable bike to a cyclocross race. You would make it like that. That would be like that pop up on Velo News the next day. It'd be like be amateur takes foldable bike to brutal Belgium cyclocross race. Does he or does he not break his collarbone it, on one of those that's, foldable That's the big question, yeah. <laughs> it would be Over under. idiot American comes to Europe and takes the stupid bike on a rate. That's what yes. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Anything else that you guys can throw out the listeners for things that they should consider for their off season going into the preseason as to what to do at that time of year? I know that we've talked about a bunch of stuff and gotten into the weeds on a few things, but is there anything that we missed or anything else that you want to touch on? Evan? Matt, uh, Edward, Lance, what you got? What do you got? I, uh, I kind of already threw some stuff. I mean, I think that's just a great time of year to, start tinkering with things start like i like that you mentioned like bike fit too and stuff yeah, like that mm, yeah that's bike a fit idea. that's a good Nutrition time of year is another good if, time to if you're having some issues with the the supplements that you've been using mm-hmm. throughout the course of the year and you didn't want to change anything at the risk of like gastric issues yeah. <laughs> um yeah. that's a good time to start tinkering with some new things um you know the the strength training i think that's a great time mm-hmm. of year to do that and, and not just do the the traditional stuff you should be doing that but like look into stuff like yoga and pilates and things of that nature yes. yeah exactly. I, I think that that's a good thing to be doing especially and, if you only ride bikes yeah, yeah and if you've had an injury be real with yourself if you've had mm-hmm. issues throughout the course of the entire year or if it's a chronic thing over the course of time go seek professional help because that's a good time of year where you if that person is going to tell you like, hey we're going to back off and we're going to have you try a couple other things go get that done right now that's a good time to address those issues like yeah. for me i've already started to lay some foundation for what's going on with my leg here. Cause it's something I've been dealing with now for gosh, it's been eight weeks and it was, mm-hmm. I was dealing with a little few twinges 
earlier in the year, but I think that was because when I look back and, and Evan made a good point earlier, like be real with yourself, take a look at the schedule of what you did yes, that particular yeah. year. And for me, it's like, all right, well, we went really hard on Tuesdays. We went really hard on Thursdays. And then um, the weekends that we would go out and do a team ride went really hard really there. Hard. Yeah. And then I have to remind myself, oh yeah, I, I'm not 30 years old anymore. Yeah. I'm not Evan Price. And so. even, well, no, and even if you are 30, I'll tell myself is the, the amount of intensity you guys were doing the bike. I was probably doing 50% of that intensity through a week. So, yeah, so yeah. I mean, just uh, recalibrating some of those things and yeah. then sit down and have an honest look at what your training program is going to look yep. like. You, you really would benefit. And, and Evan's doing something that I think is pretty spectacular. It's probably something I should be doing as well if I want to be serious about trying to get back into bike racing. But mm-hmm. have a coach work with you. Don't be yeah. so blind to your own like needs and desires and you thinking that you know yourself better than anybody. Yeah. Work with somebody and get some objective opinions on what it is that you should be doing differently. And frankly, if I may, one of the reasons I work with a coach like Evan is because it keeps me from doing too much, Yes, which I am hardwired to do. Yep, Mm -hmm. I will want to go to the well. I will want to go farther or faster or harder than whatever I did the week before or the month before that. And having a structured program and somebody who can say, hey, it looks like you're overreaching or we don't need to go this hard. That keeps me able to continue doing what I love. Sure. And that's what it's all about is just not having to take enforced breaks, not being hurt, not doing other things that take me away from the things I enjoy. Yeah. And and I think that that's anybody who... Even, you know, and, and this is where, whenever I say can afford it, I think that a lot of us insurance athletes can always make coaching work financially. You know, we trial for these races, we do all this. Look at it as if you have been somebody who's had chronic injuries or had issues, take an honest look at your training and be like, okay, I need to find somebody who I trust to have a good back and forth conversation with. It does not mean, I know me and Lance have gone back and forth, a devil's advocate on this. It does not mean download a training peaks program or this or that. Those, yes, there's a adaptive algorithm with that, but you need somebody you can actually talk to because the bottom line is life is not a training peaks program. You're going to have kids stuff, life stuff, all of this that you need another human being on the other side to be like, Hey man, you've been sleeping six hours a night. Uh, we probably should not like go and hammer the next two weeks. Like working life has been hard. You need to back six off. Six hours now. is a good night of sleep for exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where, you know, if I was going to Jake, I'd be like, Jake, you know, three intense days a week, we might pay the piper at some point here. And unfortunately Jake did pay the piper, but three hard days a week and no sleep. And no sleep is not a good, yeah. especially when they're in the evening. Cause that's yeah, been that's shown. Yeah. Core, t- core body temperature goes up, it messes with your sleep, you don't recover well, and it just compounds. So. Yeah, exactly. You may or may not see some rides being posted up on the uh, the old Strava group page. Yeah. We'll be starting, oh God, this pains me to say it, but at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. that sounds brutal. I can morning train. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to try switching up some. all the time there. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm like once a week at that like 5, 5.30 mark. Yeah. I'm like, that's good for me. Well, <laughs> there's a myriad of things going on. It's just like needing to be more present at home and just being more of a participating parent, if you will, because sometimes yeah. you get caught up in the, the work life. And when your whole life revolves around all things cycling and then all of a sudden you're always gone in the evenings, that can kind of create a little bit of strain. So yeah. it's, it's a, a good thing there. But the other thing was is like, just getting it done and out of the way and early in the morning, it's nice to have so the rest nice. of the day just to look forward to. And, and your and your yeah. body will adapt to it over oh, time. It, like, it, well, it's like still, we both know it'll suck for like three, four weeks, and then it'll yeah. be good for me. That. It'll yeah. be a week. Really? Oh yeah, I, I, I will. Act, I'll acclimate quickly. I'm already up at that time. Yeah. I just get into my rhythm and routine, and that's like my downtime, the quiet time where I can go Same and sit the there with my cup of coffee. Nobody's awake. Nobody's bothering me. I'm not getting text messages. I'm not getting DMs. I can go read stuff. I can go watch a YouTube I need video to start or two. Sending uh, Jake big yeah. emails at five thirty. Is that right, what we're right, supposed right to call you? Up, <laughs> everything's silenced. Right, you guys, we're on it now. Apple's Jake, got this Jake, great silencing feature. <laughs> but you know, anyhow, that getting back to that, that that's gonna be something I'm gonna try 
tinkering with. That's going to yeah. be one of my changes this year is to do that. That's actually another good point. It's like, and, you, you like changes in not just literally your volume and schedule, your actual time yeah. of training. If yeah. you need to make that life change, yeah. the off season's when you do that. So yeah. it's And it slow. gets me on the same track as my wife because she's yeah. always she's, she's always early. been a morning yeah. one. She's she always yeah. goes out to the track and she's running or she's going out and running three, four, five, six, yeah, seven miles. doing what, like 4.30 a.m. track stuff with the mother runners group? Some, well, she would get up at that time and yeah. then she would meet them there at like 5, 5.15. 5.30 on Tuesdays. Yeah. My God, that's tough. <laughs> well, I used to have to do that for master swimming and then as soon as I was done yeah. with master swimming. I was like, I never want to raise my heart rate at 4.45 a.m. ever again. <laughs> well, we could sit here and talk about this stuff all day long. Let's put a pin in that, and I'm sure that this will come up again. And let's jump into one last thing. Hepler, you want to go first since you're on the phone, and we always lose, have the chance of yeah. losing you? Yeah, go ahead. Um, for this week's one last thing, I'm going to turn it over to uh, my state legislature um, representative, uh, Steve Waldrop. Steve uh-huh. Waldrop has been uh, in the... Uh, in the van with me for a couple days and he just went on this ride with me. Steve, what was your report on the ride? You know, if you've never ridden with Lance Hepler, your yeah. life is not complete. It's, oh. it's not complete. It has to be a thing you do because it, it's, it's a mix between you watch him struggle with like, I need to go get a, I need to go get a Strava segment KOM. And, and well, I can't leave Steve four miles behind me on this ride that he's never done before. <laughs> and, uh, it's a real, it's really kind of fun to watch him have that moral dilemma. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's revealing to know that Lance actually has morals. I mean, that's, that's, that is, that's Lance's entire life. That's, that's, that's a big one a, last thing. It's a, a big... decision on should I chase this KOM is going to be Lance's <laughs> book when he ends it. <laughs> Shouldn't have chased that last KOM. Shouldn't have chased that last KOM. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Matt? Uh, yeah, I always have a video to talk about. And this past weekend, I posted the Kona Predictions video. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always ask this. I do the same video every year. It's pretty boring. But um, I give my predictions for podium and ask, and then I uh, ask the audience or whoever watches the videos to post their own in the comments section. And then I give away stickers to people who do pretty well. I like my podium so far. You haven't commented on the video. Oh, I commented on the Facebook one. I need to copy uh, this okay. Back, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. that's fair enough. But yeah, then you can win some stickers. Yes. Ooh. If, you're, if your picks are good, which we're talking about Evan They're Price trash. here. They're trash. Talking Have we it. found out yet if Apple killed Garmin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty sure Garmin doesn't exist anymore. YouTube Just out of curiosity, one week later, where are we at with that? Garmin. What think, kind of numbers? I'll let you look that up. Real videos, quick. the videos have that up video to a million slowed down. Million views yet? Not at a million. I'm going to say <laughs> four fifty. Uh, it is not four fifty. It's 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 still probably three hundred and fifty thousand or something. Your like fifteen that. minutes yeah. of fame is done, Matt. I'm sorry. Fifteen minutes of fame is over. It's over. Sweet. I'll tell you guys in a minute. Okay, I'll let Matt okay. look that up. Evan, what you got? Um, basically nothing special over this next seven days, which is great because I've all all I've done is like travel and all that stuff. Okay. So I'm just gonna like train and, and just. Have fun. Yep. Maybe go on a like group road bike over the weekend. I don't know. Grab my road bike and ride with other people for once. That would nice. be fun. Yes. Evan is done. That means Ed's going to jump in here and do his one last thing before I go. What you got there, buddy? I am actually really excited to be in town for another few weeks. We've been traveling a lot and, yeah. and camping with y'all a bunch yep. over the summer. So it felt like every other week we were somewhere that we're too. not. Yeah. We were in Vegas, mountain biked there. That was fun. Um, and so for f- like four weeks until the Grand Canyon, I'm just home and I'm super nice. excited because I can actually get nice. stuff done and, and not worry about packing Hang up and unpacking. Yep. <laughs> all those things are good. So Sweet. 
my one last thing, and I can talk about this because it's going to come out tomorrow, and we're recording this. Uh, oh yeah, this is good. Uh, on Monday, and this will come out on Wednesday. Um, tomorrow, Wahoo will be releasing their new Wahoo Roam, their new oh. bike computer, which is kind of cool. And we've got a copy that was supposed to be an advanced copy. Damn it, Wahoo, you wait. Um, and it'll be here tomorrow. So I'm excited to open that up. Um, and let Matt take first whack at that because Matt's a lot more prompt about getting videos out. But I'm What's excited the price to tag on it. I don't know Good what question. it is. I think it's going to okay. be right around four hundred bucks. Gotcha. It was three seventy nine for the original, and it's been three and a half years since they came out with a new one. So um, it's not a big price increase, actually. No, we've got. Um, I've got one copy that'll be here either today or tomorrow, and then there's another. I think twenty or twenty five of them that are in route. So we'll have a bunch of those things in stock too. But I'm excited to play with that, and I want to um, put a video out on that, and hopefully Lance at some point in time gets back into town. He can play with it as well, and we can uh, say some things about it and. I'll have a video out sometime in 2025. So. I know that's how I'm always thinking <laughs> like, oh, just a couple more years before I get this video out. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to look up the price point for that while you while you sign off. Did you get the advanced information on the pricing on that? Yeah. Okay. I probably did too, and I just haven't gone and looked it up. But I want to say it was it was 379. I think they same went up to three. Before, is it same before? I, I think know. it went up to 399. I don't okay. know. Wahoo seems like they raised their prices. Of things I don't know if it's inflation or it looks like their press I mean, release doesn't actually have doesn't have their price. If it's only there. a twenty buck increase, I feel like that's not yeah. wild. That's but I'm kind of right interested line. to see some of the the software updates that are coming out on that, and I'm hopefully curiously hoping that they're going to push some of those down to the Volt, Volt V2 with that the, the Climb Pro based stuff that we might or may or may not yes. see in that. So climber or it's like climb segment they have a yeah. new name for it they can't call it climb pro because someone yeah. else already owns yeah. that Garmin, yeah. uh, and then they have new color screen more memory a little bit longer battery life 17 yeah. hour battery life on that so there's some some good improvements for sure gotcha anyway hopefully that comes out um to some applause and praise and, and a yeah. good unit for folks so long we time we shall coming. see we shall see looks like kind of a small update and nothing like monumentous uh, i don't know we'll have to wait and see so yeah, there's other things that have been more interesting to come out. But all right, I don't want to ramble on here too much more. That is enough from us for this week. We will be back next week with another one. And until then, bye for now. Bye.